0: Welcome to Getting Coaches Paid, the podcast where coaches like you come to learn the tech strategy and mindset behind growing their business online. I'm your host, Patty Knott. I'm a coach and an entrepreneur who's been immersed in the world of online business and digital marketing for the past 18 years. If you're looking for best tips, tools, and strategies that will help you create marketing systems that work for your coaching business, so you can focus less on finding new clients and more on serving the clients you have, you're in the right place. You ready? Hey coach, welcome back to Getting Coaches Paid. And I have a question for you this week. Have you ever considered whether you're building a coaching business that you truly want? Do you wake up excited to work on building your coaching business? Because if the answer is no, this episode is definitely for you. And even if it's yes or maybe, I want you to keep listening. I got the idea for this podcast episode when I was chatting with one of my coach besties. We were talking about an upcoming webinar that I'm planning to do in preparation for the new coaching program that I'm launching later this summer. And the webinar is focused on helping new coaches sift and sort through all the advice and all the should dos when building their business so they can build a business they actually like and that feels good to them and for them. And she was like, You should call it how to build a business you don't hate. To which I replied, brilliant. So thank you, Kimberly Severson, for the name inspiration. And on a side note, you will hear me interview Kim on next week's episode. So you definitely want to tune into that. My coaching business is not my first online business. It's actually my fifth business. Now we're talking over a span of 22 years, but still it's the fifth one. And so to say I have learned a thing or two about business building and the parts that I like and don't like about building businesses would be an understatement statement. My first business was an interior decorating business. I love all things interior design and all of that creative side of things. When I was working as an engineer in Toronto, I completed an interior decorating certification just for fun because for as long as I can remember, I have been drawn to design and the science and math world. And so being able to have both have an outlet for being creative and working with numbers and science and logical things and strategy is my happy place. So anyway, after a couple years as a side thing, I decided to start an interior decorating business and I created some success. I had some clients, but turns out I really did not enjoy it because I was just starting out and I was finding clients with very small budgets and I hated having to design around their taste and within their budget. The one that stands out so much for me was I went to this lady's house and she's like, this peach floral sofa, please design my entire room around it. And that's what really did me in. From there, I did my wedding invitation company. And that was by far my most successful so far. I had so much fun with it until I realized seven years in that I was kind of going crazy, locked in my office by myself, churning out invitations. All of the big creative stuff had been done in the early stages of the business. And I missed that social connection and the new creative bits. And that is how I ended up in network marketing. And what I loved about the network marketing was the products and the socializing and the fun trips and the amazing people I met. But there was some part that I really didn't love and for me some of the methods of teaching business building I just didn't love like I still cringe a lot when I think about how I showed up in some of those early days but you learn so anyway moving on I went back and created a physical day planner as my next business. And what I really loved about that was the initial design and puzzle solving of how I'm going to source everything and how I'm going to create this and how it's going to be really functional and all of that. But then I realized I'd created a product again, that is just me. And there's not really any socializing, no people involved in it. Plus I ended up creating a product that had its busiest season just because of how the world works right at a time of year, when all I want to be doing is decorating and shopping and wrapping gifts and generating really just enjoying christmas so those are all things that i tried learned had some success whatever And then I found coaching. And I know now that I have found my home. I love being a coach. I love getting coached. I love nerding out on coaching, doing advanced trainings, all of it. And with the coaching, there's also the opportunities for retreats and annual masterminds where I can gather with other coaches and socialize with others who love coaching as much as me. And we nerd out on all the personal development things together. It's definitely the sweet spot for me. And so that's the background of my five businesses. But until very recently, I hadn't realized that I was unconsciously putting on the brakes when it came to really going all in on building my coaching business. I've been picking away at it and it has been slowly growing. But a month or so ago, I was being coached with my coach and telling her about how busy life had been. And that was why I hadn't made much progress on my business goals. And she made this one little comment and it wasn't a judgment. It was just a question. It was, wow, you seem to give yourself a lot of projects. What do you think that is? And it stopped me in my tracks. I was like, uh, what? Oh, you're right. I do. Whether it's home improvement stuff, projects with the kids, projects for the family. I just assigned myself projects. Anyway, I didn't have an answer right away, but after taking some time to reflect, I realized that part of it came down to me really not wanting to build yet another business that I wouldn't absolutely be in love with and stay in love with. So then came the even harder question for me, and that is what Would that look like? What would a business I loved and could continue to love for the rest of my life or until I chose to retire look like for me? So I will tell you the answer that I came up with. But first I want to walk you through sort of a series of questions and things you could consider to help you uncover your unique building strategy for your coaching business so that you can create something that you truly want and enjoy. Because here's the truth: there are a million different ways to build a coaching business and they're all valid, but they are also all at some point just made up by someone who went before you. And you're not obligated to follow anyone else's proven, and I'm using proven in quotes, method because in all likelihood that method was the one that worked for them so it doesn't necessarily mean that it would be something that you feel aligned with i've given the example in previous podcasts about coaches who've built their businesses by attending networking events or spending their days on in facebook groups commenting and adding value in there and i think that is amazing but for me i would rather sharp stick in the eye the thought of doing that sends me straight into hiding i will find every excuse assign myself every project known to man to avoid having to do that. Have you ever heard discomfort is the currency of growth or growth comes outside your comfort zone? While I believe there's definitely some truth to that philosophy, I also think it gets misinterpreted a bit because I have seen many coaches wander so far outside their comfort zone that they end up just jacking up their nervous system to the point where they're in sort of panic free shutdown mode, usually followed by the blaming and shaming game where they're shaming themselves for not being able to build the way they think they should build again. And shit is in quotes because of what they've seen, what they've learned, what they've heard. But what if instead we built our business based on our own strengths and skills. I'm not saying that you never have to get a little uncomfortable and you never have to stretch yourself, but I don't see the upside in choosing a method that requires you to spend more time coaching yourself and managing your mind than actually building your business. Because when you use all of that energy, forcing yourself to do things in a way that feels awful, it's usually a recipe for really slow growth, quitting or burnout. You probably intuitively already know what your strengths are, but if you're having a hard time articulating them and getting them on paper, I encourage you to do something like the Clifton Strengths Finder. It's a great way to have all of that information sort of summarized for you. And then here's a series of questions you can think about when you're thinking about the bigger picture of what you want to create for your business. So the first is how much time do you want to spend on and in your business in a given week? And when I say want, know that this may be predetermined a bit based on your personal situation. If you have a full-time job in addition to your coaching business, or you're in the middle of raising young kids and have a lot of family commitments. You may have less time available than you would like to right now. So just be conscious of being nice to yourself when you're choosing this number. And also consider that you may have a dream answer for 5 years down the road that is a smaller number of hours than the ones that you might need initially to pull it together. But that doesn't mean you have to put in 40 hours. You can find the sweet spot that's going to work for you. You may have noticed I said working on and working in your business. So I want you to consider consider how much of the client-facing, so working in your business, all the client-facing stuff, do you want to do? What percentage of time do you want spent doing that versus what percentage of time do you want to be working on your business doing the the behind-the-scenes stuff? So marketing, creating programs, writing emails, any admins, all of that kind of stuff. The second question is, how do you want to spend your client-facing time? Do you love the idea of having a full roster of one-on-one clients that you meet with for, say, an hour each week and then spending just a little time working behind-the-scenes? or do you want to have something where there's just a few client facing hours a week because you can't get enough quiet time in your days to schedule 20 plus hours a week of one-on-one time so you would have just a few hours of client facing time where you're doing group coaching or whatever and then spending more time behind the scenes creating the marketing the programs and things like that there's no wrong answer you get to choose and a little bit is going to be determined based on the revenue you want to create but it's it's something to consider thirdly how do you want to attract your new clients are you someone who loves building relationships and networking or would you rather create marketing funnels do you love the idea of having a social media presence so you can do unpaid marketing Or would you rather, and do you have the means to invest in paid ads to create a funnel that is driven by paid advertising? Do you want to publish a blog or a podcast or YouTube channel weekly? How do you want to deliver your coaching? Do you want to have a recorded program that your clients can consume and then do coaching on where they get stuck or on the mindset? This will of course depend on your niche, but all of those decisions should be taken into account when you're deciding how to build the coaching business you actually want and you will know the answers that you come up with because it'll be the one that feels right in your body when you think about it one last exercise i want to share is something that i learned super powerful from one of my coaches and mentors bev aaron she calls it your business building personality matrix and it's built on two scales so you've got your being scale, as she calls it. And this is focused on identifying the situations or circumstances and feelings you love and don't love to experience. And then the second part is the success scale, the actions that you could take in your business that will bring high success or low success. Now know that this is subjective and it's gonna be your best guess, but it will really help you. So I'm gonna describe the matrix a little bit too. So if you can imagine a matrix along the top, you've got two columns that say love and hate. This is your being scale. So it's everything you love to do situations you love to be in, feelings you love to experience, and and conversely, everything that you hate. And then along the left side, you're gonna have high and low, and these are your success scale items. So once you fill it out, you end up with four quadrants. So you have things you love that have a high success rate, things you hate that have a high success rate, things you love that have a low success rate, and things you hate that have a low success rate. And in filling out the matrix, the goal is to find your sweet spot and identify those high success actions for building your coaching business that you love. And it probably goes without saying, saying that anything that falls within that lower right quadrant, the I hate to do it, and it's got a pretty low success rate, you can probably just scratch that off your list forever and never think about it again. To help you understand this more, I'm going to give you some insight into some of the items anyway that are on my business building personality matrix. So in the love to do high success rate category for me, I have creating programs and trainings. I love that. For me, I love consuming and learning everything and then breaking it all down into really small chunks and really easy to understand digestible information. I love creating from a place of inspiration. I love solving puzzles. So figuring out how to build ads and marketing funnels that work, I love that. I like telling people what to do. I like teaching people. I love coaching. I love freedom and flexibility. I love coming up with new ideas. I love learning new skills. I I love helping other people learn new skills and coming up with best strategies for their business. I get so excited helping people solve those puzzles. And then I love attending retreats in person and masterminding with like-minded individuals. I like making decisions and I love making things fun. So that's all on my love to do high success rate I think it's my best guess. What do I hate to do that would probably also have a high success rate? I don't love being seen and visible. I'm not one to always be wanting to be on stage and talking. I don't like feeling uncertain. I really don't like being employed. I consider myself psychologically unemployable at this point. I don't love delegating because I'm a bit of a control enthusiast. I really don't like networking in person or in groups, like networking when you have an agenda of trying to find potential clients. I don't like that. Consistency is a tricky one for me. I hate being obligated to be super consistent. I don't like getting in trouble. I don't like really rigid structures. Really don't like self-imposed deadlines. Someone else gives me a deadline. Absolutely. This does not work well when you are an entrepreneur, but it is what it is. And so that's where you start to see some of those things that you don't like, but that you know would create success. And then you can sort of stretch your comfort zone to figure out how to work around them. So moving on to the next quadrant, what do I love to do that's low success? rate, having lots of things on the go, adrenaline rushes, tracking stats, listening to podcasts and consuming content. Like I can read all the books, but they're generally not going to produce the success that some of the things in that top quadrant are going to create. And then lastly, I don't have a ton of things in here and I'm sure there's more, but things I hate to do that are low success rate, justifying my decisions and practicing constraint. Practicing constraint is one of those things and I have said it before too, but I I just don't like it. So anyway, I hope that helps you kind of frame the things you are going to want to include in your business building strategy and the things you're maybe going to let go. And I promised I was going to tell you what I decided as far as how I was going to set up my business in a way that I would build a business that I would like and love for the upcoming years. So some background. I think I've mentioned this before, but if I haven't, we have an empty nest now. As of this year, or well, as of last September, both our kids are off at university and they're not home for the summer with us. We'll probably only see them on holidays and such going forward. In addition to that, My husband is about five years away from retiring. So knowing that we are that close to retirement, even though I love one-on-one coaching, what I don't wanna create right now is a business that requires me to have 20 plus hours of scheduled appointments a week. I wanna create something that involves more freedom and flexibility, something where I can limit the days I'm required to show up at a specific time and be camera ready. I will continue to do my podcast for now at least, but I'm adding in more interviews because I've discovered that I really love doing them and i believe that hearing other stories really will help normalize what life is like for an online coach building a business. And so to that end, i will be launching my new coaching program later this summer and it's going to be focused on helping coaches get their businesses online and set up in a way that feels sustainable and fun and i've kind of want it to be a one-stop shop where you can learn the basics and fundamentals of everything you need to know for the entrepreneur side of things. You've already got your coaching skills down from your certification or wherever you learned your coaching, but this is all the not intuitive entrepreneur stuff. So all the how-to that will include a comprehensive online course, but then also some group coaching where we can dive into what's going on, what's keeping you stuck and maybe some Q and A stuff. I'm still finalizing some of the details. And then I will also continue to offer a very limited number of one-on-one spots for those who want more individual help and more one-on-one time with me. The course I'm creating is what I wish existed when I first certified as a life coach. And I'm so excited to bring it to the world. So make sure you are on my email list. If you want to be notified as soon as all the juicy details are released and that's it for this week. So next week I have an interview with a coach who is talking about weight loss doesn't have to suck. And I'm so excited to bring this interview to you and I will see you then. Hey, I wanted to thank you so much for tuning into the show and listening all the way to the end. Do you know that in addition to getting your free chart, you can get a customized business strategy roadmap and even book a one-on-one human design reading with me so we can unpack all that goodness in your chart? If that's something you're interested in, head over to the links in the show notes or go to pattynot.com forward slash readings. If you have questions or a topic you'd love me to cover, shoot me a DM over on Instagram. I would love to meet you there. And if you're enjoying the show, can I ask you a favor? Can you pick up your phone, open the Apple podcast app, and leave me a rating and a review? It only takes a couple of minutes. Reviews help iTunes know that this content is worth sharing, which means we can help even more people with their amazing work out into the world. See you next time.